Soul Talk is a podcast dedicated to making space for Latinx storytellers and content creators across all media to chat about their art, experiences, and culture. As a branch of the Soul Project, Soul Talk welcomes you to the green room. Hello, everyone. This is Jacob Padron, uh, founder and artistic director of the Soul Project. Welcome to Soul Talk. I am so excited and honored to have two people that I love so much who are in our community, Irene Lucio, Irene Sofia Lucio, and Arturo Soria. Um, thank you both so much for being here. Um, two amazing artists. Um, and what's particularly exciting in this moment that we must celebrate and amplify is that we have these two artists who are on Broadway right now in two mm. Broadway shows. Um, Irene is in Slave Play by Jeremy O'Harris, and Arturo is in The Inheritance by Matthew Lopez. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we you. got to act together in El Huracan <laughs> before Arturo even graduated from Yale. So That's right. Lucky. That's right. Yes. So uh, soul number four was Sharice Castro-Smith. We, uh, the Soul Project, partnered with uh, Yale Repertory Theater to produce her world premiere play El Huracan in New Haven. And yes, and Irene and Arturo were part of that ensemble. And it was, I think, a really, really special experience. We were lovers. We you, were. You were. You were. It was really incredible. And now we get to have our Broadway debuts at the same time. It feels exactly. very lucky. Yeah. That is, right? It is. Yeah. That's, uh, it's been cool. Yeah. That's really, We learned really... magic together and we, we handled did. doves. We did. That's right. That's right. We for those for those who are listening, can you just give a little like the beginning of El Huracan, like to give some context? How does the how does the play open? It opens in the Tropicana in the fifties, which is like the heyday of like the Tropicana, like Cuba, like that was like glamorous and very almost like Sinatra esque. Yeah. And it's a magic show where um Irene is the magician. I'm the magician, and Arturo's and I'm, the I'm her assistant. Yeah, but we got to like we did tricks with actual doves. Yeah, and like, we had a magic consultant right on the show from yeah from the two, beginning from Vegas. Two, that's right from Vegas. In, yeah. And we had to handle learn how to handle doves, and you know Irene was brilliant. She had she had to do all these like sleight of hand tricks. I mean, I was there to dance around her. No, 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 no. And he had to handle a lot of the doves as well. But and I had he to was an incredible dancer. Like it was beautiful. Yeah. It was very beautiful. It was very fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I wanted to start this conversation with both of you with just um, a question just about your genesis, like how you got started as actors. But maybe to even back up further, like where do you call home? Where's your family from? Yeah, so tell us a little bit about sort of, you know, how this all started in terms of um, did you always know you wanted to be an actor? Irene, let's start with you. Okay, so I was born and raised in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I stayed there till I was 18. My family's from different parts. I'm my, I have a grandfather from Spain, a grandmother from Puerto Rico, a grandfather from the Dominican Republic, and a grandmother from Cuba. So I'm a, I'm big mutt, basically, of like Caribbean and Spain, I guess. And I, I, I grew up in the island. Most of my family's still there, so I call that home. And I started acting when I was in elementary school. They had uh, like uh, school musicals, mm-hmm. and very early on, my drama teacher like would start would put me in the high school musical if I was an elementary school kid as like a dancer. And then quickly, I think she she found out that I was that I had an ability, and she 
uh, made Annie be the musical. So the lead of the high school musical was a sixth grader, and it, I was I was that. You were that was yeah, you. I was me, and then I did Peter Pan the following year. So I was spoiled and like knew very early on that I loved acting and that I was good at it on some level because they were making shows for like a kid that was not even intended to be the lead to be the lead. Um, so did you play Peter Pan also? I did, and I got to fly above my school, and um, now I'm ruined for life. Oh my goodness! Because you, you got the I got the bug really really early really early really early yeah I did a lot of um, so I did plays and I did uh, monologue competitions back home in Spanish and in English um, but it took me a long time to like formally decide to be an actor uh, because back home like that wasn't really a feasible it didn't feel like a very feasible option um, and it is like it's a difficult life so I, and I always knew that it was going to be a very difficult <laughs> life so I tried very hard I, I, I did a my undergrad. Um, in like liberal arts to try to see if like maybe I'll become a lawyer. Like I, I was basically <laughs> postponing the decision of being an actor until I couldn't anymore. And I went to grad school at the Yale School of Drama. Yes. Both of you. And, um, and that's that. And that's, 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 that. that's, that's the story. <laughs> that's the story. <laughs> that's the journey. Yeah. And Arturo, what about for you? Um, so yeah, I was, um, I was born and raised in New Jersey and, um, my mom is from, my mom is Brazilian, and so she came here when she, you know, she immigrated when she was, like, in her 20s, and then my grandfather, her father, is from Italy, and he, you know, came back in the time, back then. And then, um, so, my, and then my dad's family, my dad's actually born in New York, um, but his mom, my grandmother's from Ecuador, and so she moved here, and, you know, she came with, like, my uncle... Her journey here is like is pretty fascinating. I want to like write an entire play about that journey, and then but I was raised so my parents divorced when I was young, and my mom got remarried to my stepfather, and he's from Dominican Republic, and so I grew up with him, and you know was raised raised with him and her in Jersey with my brothers and my sisters, mm-hmm. and I would visit my dad and and you know his family in Florida, um, my Ecuadorian side, you know in Florida, um, but really like I grew up in the house like you know. It was very Dominican, you know, it was very, like, the food we ate, the music we listened to, we, you know, would go back to DR every year, like, once or twice a year for both the summer and the and Christmas time. He so dances. A lot of the, when he I dances, spent a lot of time <laughs> in Dominican Republic, you know? Amazing. Um, and then, and then, yeah, so, I mean, that's, like, sort of my family background, and, and, um, so I grew up there, and then I moved to Chicago, I went to undergrad in Chicago, I went to DePaul University, the theater school. And I knew, I mean, I knew at a young age that I wanted to perform. I went to a performing arts high school. I was involved in, like, dance and, and acting classes, you know, extracurricular out of school. Mm-hmm. And then also in school, I was involved in the school plays and the musicals. So I knew that I wanted to, you know, since a young age that I wanted to be a performer. And then I applied to schools. And I got into Chicago, um, to the theater school in Chicago. And I moved to Chicago. And then... That's sort of where I started my like journey, like my professional journey into being an actor. And then I stayed there until 2013 when I moved to New York with Hit the Wall. And so like home is like interesting because I don't really have much family that lives in Jersey. They all sort of my parents, they all moved to Florida. So my dad, you know, lives in Florida. And then my mom and my papi, they moved to Miami like over 10 years ago. And, you know, my grandfather at one point lived in DR. And so I was always visiting outside of Jersey. So like... Home feels very much like New York, um, mm-hmm. just because this is like where I have some family. I live with my younger brother and his grandma, 
um, who are Puerto Rican. And then I uh, I live here with them. And then when I go and visit, I visit Florida. But Florida never really felt like home. Mm-hmm. So, like, New York feels like home. But I would say, like, artistically, like, my artistic home where I still, like, think about people and still think about, like, the times we shared is Chicago. Yeah, I'd say that, like, the Chicago theater community and the Chicago yes. Latinx theater And that's community. how we met. And that's how we met. Because yeah. we worked on Hit the Wall together, this this amazing play by Ike Holter, yeah. which was at Steppenwolf in our garage theater. Yeah. Um, and it just ended up having a, a life, a big life and afterwards. Yeah, it did. And, in, and you know, it sort of, like, you know, catapulted me into the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. Was... And galvanized the community in exciting ways. It was yeah. really, it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really... Excellent. And it brought me here to New York when they moved it to Barrow. They took to Barrow Street Theater, myself yeah, yeah. and Rania, and wow. we came came with it. Yeah, wow. Yeah, the community. That's so cool. So cool, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so this, you know, this is an exciting moment, I imagine, professionally for the two of you to be making your uh, mm-hmm. Broadway debut um, in Slave Play and in The Inheritance, and you know, both plays, you know, getting a lot of attention. Uh, a lot of acclaim and just wondering if you can just talk maybe just a little bit about just what the experience has been like. I mean, can one be ever fully prepared for, you know, for Broadway? Did you like, was this something that both of you wanted? Um, Was this sort of always the dream or how did you, how have you received this opportunity and how has it been for you? It's, it's been incredible. It has always been um, a dream of mine to, to get to, to act on a stage in that at that level in that mm-hmm. platform, so yeah, even when you're little, you know what Broadway is on some some mm-hmm. some way, and you you see it as like the apex of of having hit, you know. So true. Um, so yes, yeah, so I've in a way I've always wanted to to get to do what this, and I, I try to remind myself of that every day, even mm-hmm. you know even when it's like a hard day, you're like you're doing the thing that you've wanted to be doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're ever ready fully to receive. The you know you don't know how a play is going to be received at all when you when you're putting it up, and you know when we started Slave Play we did it downtown with 200 seats you know at New York Theater Workshop now it's 800 you know so just the looking up and seeing four times as many people mm-hmm. it, it it's overwhelming you know I, in, in a way like it's not the size of the theater itself the UT at Yale is actually kind of a similar size to the theater mm-hmm. that we're doing in terms of audiences but there is something about the energy of people all receiving this this story and you you know wa- watching them at the end getting right. to see them all at the end is very it's overwhelming it's very overwhelming it's been very special and it's also there's a, there's a part of me that continues to be impressed or or in awe of the fact that we get to tell this story yes in, on broadway when it's you know not the most obvious choice to have to have been put on broadway yes yes you know so there's a part of me that's like this is incredible right. that these audiences are seeing this here yes yes excellent and arturo what about for you i mean same i mean you know like broadway's always been a dream and there's something i mean the process has been really really incredible and and i mean i just remember that first day when i had to show up at the theater it's like we had moved into the theater and it was just something so magical about walking to the theater and looking up and seeing the marquee mm. and it says, you know, Barrymore and then it says the inheritance and just like that that moment where you where I, I just realized like that's where I'm that's where I go to work every day. I get to go to work on Broadway every day. And 
you know, coming into the city as a kid and seeing Broadway shows is it's something it's, you know, my like, you know, I think it's 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 interesting. It's like when you talk to my family about acting and even and even still to this day, like they understand two things, Broadway or Hollywood. You know, it's like (laughs) if you're going to be an actor, you're either going to be on Broadway or Hollywood. Like when I was doing regional theater, like my family quite didn't didn't quite understand it. They were like my mom would be like. Papi, how big is the theater? And I'd be like, Mommy, it's, you know, it's like, is it a big theater? And it's like her, in her mind. It's a garage. Yeah, it's like in her mind, it's like the only theater that really exists has to be a Broadway stage, right, you know? Right, And so I think that like, that's, you know, so it's like now I get to show up to work every single day on a Broadway stage and they, you know, they get that they're like, hey, you're on Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> there's like a, there's a context that they already understand, they right, understand in terms of what yeah. it means. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's obviously an incredibly uh, exciting moment for you both personally and I think an exciting moment for our community. Um, and so it's like we are holding the celebration of your accomplishments and holding the tension of that there is a dearth of opportunity for uh, Latinx artists, actors, directors, designers, dramaturgs, producers, right? Writers. Um, writers, thank you, yes. And uh, so do you feel like, do you feel a kind of responsibility then as you are uh, in these shows? What, how, what's, what is, what are you thinking about as it relates to that in terms of, you know, you have this amazing opportunity, but then we also see the dearth, the dearth of opportunity. What, what, how, how do you, what do you, what do you think about that? I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, like in so many ways, I feel so incredibly grateful to be a part of this process and to be on stage and to be a part of the story and to be telling it. And, you know, and that Matthew and I, we worked out that, you know, my character was Latinx and that, you know, we're putting, you know, Spanish into the show and all these other things. And I think that's beautiful. And, and I also recognize, I was like, and I want, and I want more for like La Comunidad, you know, like I want more Latinx stories to be up on Broadway. I want more Latinx writers to be, you know, given the opportunity. I think Matthew, we talked about it one day. I think he's the only, he's only like the fourth or fifth Latinx artist to be on Broadway in like the history of Broadway, mm-hmm. like playwright, playwright. So I should say playwright versus like a musical, like, like he's the only like Latinx. I think the fourth Latinx playwright to have a play produced on Broadway mm-hmm. in the history of Broadway. And like, that's that. And you should definitely fact check fact that. Check correct that. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I believe, you know, but I, but it's like, when you think about that, that's like, that's so, that's so few. There's so few writers that get that opportunity to do that. Um, and so I, you know, I feel like this, like, you know, I want, I'm like eager. I'm like, okay, cool. Who's, you know, where are we going to, where, where's the next play that's going to be about, you know, Latinx, you know, stories or, you know. So, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I, I definitely, every night I go up on stage, I think of my, I'm taking my ancestors on there, on that stage with me, you know, mm-hmm. both my queer ancestors, my Latinx ancestors. It's like, you know, the fact that, you know, I could talk to my abuela who came from Ecuador and be like, I'm on Broadway and for her to understand that is beautiful. Yes. And I want that for more for more Latinx artists. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I feel very similarly. I feel infinitely grateful that I get to be on that stage, that I get to champion a story that is underrepresented, 
that we get to celebrate, you know, in, particularly in slave play, it's very much about like celebrating black queer bodies and putting them in the center. As a result, of course, like it, it ultimately, you have to at some point as an individual or as an actor, as a, a Latinx person go, okay, so where, when are we going to get to do this for ourselves and for our community? It's it's an important exercise. It's a it's a wonderful exercise. It's a wonderful play, and and also it it does draw make me think about constantly how few opportunities we get um, as Latin performers to tell our stories and to put ourselves in the center mm-hmm. um, in the exercise of celebrating another community. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm aware of my privilege too that I'm I'm like I mean my my particular role in this show shows you that that certain Latin uh, people are closer to whiteness and therefore can exercise a privilege that black people can never experience. Mm-hmm. But there, there's a, there's also more complexity that the play suggests there is within like communities of color, but it's never investigated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm anxious and I'm hungry and I'm desperate f- to get to tell more of those stories to tell about the nuances within our community, yes. colorism, mm-hmm. racism, queerness, um, just the um the richness of all the cultures that encompass what it means to be a latinx person yes you know? and all the intersections mm-hmm. and just one of the things that we were talking about before we started recording was because i think it's really important for our listeners is that your particular correct me if i'm wrong but your particular uh the roles that you're playing were uh not designated as being played by people of color right right and so you, it was through the audition process and and both of you were cast in your respective roles and then um, did you have to advocate for that cultural context to be included in the piece? So my uh, there's it's mine is a little a tiny bit more nuanced. It was it, the the role is described as a white passing brown woman who's lived many lives. That's the the description of Patricia. Um, and I think the reason that it's it, it places that way is to show you that she is privileged. She can code shift, you know, in some, if she, I mean, the code shifting is really, I, I brought it in, but you can, to show you that she is privileged, even though she comes from a brown ancestry. Um, but I think it's also to leave it open in case, you know, I don't know, a person that, that is can identify as brown but can be from anywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to leave it open to different bodies to tell those stories. Um, but I made it specific to my brownness and asked to put in a little bit of Spanish um, to show you how specifically I code shift um, with, you know, with my, my ancestors, with my mm-hmm. um, upbringing, with my culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and was that a complicated conversation to navigate with a writer, uh, with Jeremy, or was there was there openness? Given that the play was going to be opening on Broadway, and I imagine there was probably internal pressures um, in terms of thinking about you know just how the play was going to land or what have you. So, like, yeah, was Jeremy open to that? They were very uh, both Robert O'Hara and Jeremy were very open to it, and I think the the biggest like question that I had was how do you how do you act a character that's lived many lives. Like, what does that even mean? Given the context of what's actually on the page, you have to show that there, that, that this character can, can, has an otherness to them that, that is not just simply black and white. Right. Um, so I, that's how I brought myself into, into the role. Like, what do I do that continually like shows people that I'm not a, a, just a white person. I'm like, Oh, right. Like I, I speak Spanish all the time. I code shift all the time. Yes. I do an echo shift 
all the mm-hmm. time. Yes. Yes. Uh, so they were they were very open to it, but I think I mean, but it's not put into the script. Um, this is a specifically like Eden playing Patricia situation, and also honestly, like the moment of code shifting became a hit from downtown. So I think that they like they knew that it worked. It worked. Yeah. Yes. So and Arturo, what about for your character in the inheritance? Yeah. So the character, I mean, in the breakdown, there is no description of in terms of ethnicity or race for that character, uh, Jason number two. Um, I think you know Matthew left that open in, in on the page. And then in London, I believe they were played by somebody. I think they were played by like, I believe they were black British. And then, yeah, when I walked into the audition, like, you know, I was very unapologetically myself. I read it and I was like, oh, I think I know how to do this. And then, of course, you know, I bring myself to it. And it was really lovely because both Matthew and Stephen um, were were like, okay, you know, Stephen was definitely like, I don't believe in character. These are you. Like, bring yourself to it. And I was like, okay, cool. Then I'm going to bring myself to it. So I walked into the room and, you know, like, I think I even put some, like, Spanglish in it into the audition, you know, and, and it was very like that. And then, you know, I ended up booking it. And I remember we got a um, a uh, uh, new pages and an email. We got a new script. And I was reading through the new pages. And I looked at it and it, my line said, hello, maricon, you're gay. And I went, oh, my God. Mm. He put Spanish into this, and I got so excited. And I showed up at rehearsal, and I was like, "Matthew, I read that, and I was so excited that you know you put Spanish into it. It meant a lot to me." He's like, "I finally had an actor I could do that for, you know." And I was like, "Oh my god, you know." And it was like, and then he's like, "I want us to, I want us to put more." Um, Spanish and th- I was like you know I would love to like where you know I would love to add Spanish he's like yeah listen you play you play you play like and I'll let you know where like okay 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 let's pull that one back let's say this in English and let's say this in Spanish you know and I was like great and I had done and I told him I was like I trust you I was like Matthew I got this I've done this before like <laughs> I did it for Hit the Wall Um, I did it for I, some projects at school I'm always about like how can I put Spanish into the play you know mm-hmm. and so I just started to play and you know I started to add ad lib and, and then certain things got added to the script like you know there's a moment where I say I get cute um, and <laughs> Matthew was like we're keeping that one we're putting that one in, you know so it was really like the conversation with him was really easy you know in terms of like he wanted it I wanted it we both put it in and then Steven really embraced it and he he would even say to me he's like you know Arturo you could always put more Spanish you know you can always put more <laughs> and then they gave me like a like they gave me like I don't want to ruin it but I might as well, but um, they they gave me like a little salsa moment in the show. Yes, and so, they did. Yeah, and so I get to have like these little. Um, so the conversation was really was really open. They were they were really open with it, and um, you know Priscilla Lopez came to see the show. Mm. I know because that's Matthew's tia, and I know it was just like iconic. Um, and she just came up to me. She's like. Thank you for representing us. Oh, wow. Thank you for representing us. And it was like I felt such like um a blessing from her, you know, yes. it was really nice and and so she gave you know, it was nice. They gave me permission to to embrace all of that. Yes. So well, so speaking of, of representation, and I want us to have a really real conversation about representation. And mm-hmm. I recognize that like uh both of you, I imagine, um, it's like it's it's being in a tough spot, right? Because it's like the writers were were very much a part of the process, and I, th- I imagine the, these are writers that you've developed relationships with that you mm-hmm. probably love, you know, as people. Um, but I think that 
not but and when we think about representation specifically i think with the inheritance um you know the play you know the play does center five white men and when we talk about you know what we pass on from generation to generation or when we talk about who we center in that representation and 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 the stories that we're telling on arguably the most visible stage which is the broadway stage how do we you know what are your ideas of how we can be you know um self-advocates mm. how can we do a better job of telling different kinds of stories and representing the kaleidoscope that is latinidad yeah. um, and how do we represent the all the intersections so that way we don't just continue to tell a dominant story which is primarily a white story um, through a white gaze through a white lens mm. do you have thoughts about that one of the great things that um, happened in the rehearsal process is we had to do um, an undoing racism workshop um, mm. as part of it. Uh, Was with, that through the, the People's producers. Institute? Yes. Yes. And we did it with the with the producers and like everybody did it together. And I thought that was really brilliant. But one of the things that really uh, stood out to me and 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 it goes to something that Arturo had mentioned earlier in a in this like race based society that centers whiteness one of the things that one of the narratives that is sometimes brought up with when it comes to people of color is the narrative of the wonderkind um which is a, a big narrative that's being centered with with Jeremy right now like he is this wonderkind that like is breaking uh you know barriers on broadway and creating new things when when in this workshop there that is a an explicit erasure that makes it seem like it's an isolated moment in history when really you're a part of a legacy that's right um, mm-hmm. and he he's been jeremy's been very um adamant about like insisting that he's a part of a legacy he's even like put in a website of like works by black uh, artists on Broadway, which then goes to what you were saying about your conversation with Matthew of like, we've, you know, we've, we've had such few, I don't know if we would be able to even have a website it might be a very sad website mm-hmm. if we, if we collected our works. But like one of the things that I'm noticing in terms of representation is that I don't know what legacy I come from mm. on Broadway. Yeah. I don't, I don't have one to draw from mm-hmm. besides, um, you know, I know about Cheetah Rivera and Rita Moreno. Like I, you know, like there's very specific people, yeah. um, but not like works per se. Um, Cause I, I, I personally have a, a very difficult time with West Side Story. So it's, oh, a, me it's too. A, um, so, uh, which I know is being produced again and, but by a white director, but it's a bio and, 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 and it was written by, by a white man. Right. And the same thing with the movie, right? Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner. Right. So, yeah. so, um, again, it's a, it's a white lens. The only time I've ever, ever told a story about, um, a Latino family that was at the center was El Huracan in my entire career. And it was the only time that I was asked to bring in my like cultural dramas and my ancestors to the space, mm-hmm. not as a not as an exercise for keeping us into spaces, but rather we are actively being asked to be in the center. Um, and and it was so beautiful, but it also just made me a little bit sad because I was like, oh, I never get to do this. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is the first time I've ever had to explicitly do this. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
And I remember when we were in the rehearsal process for El Huracan, Lori Woolery, our brilliant director, kept talking about uh, making space to talk about our cultural trauma. Mm-hmm. To act- that, that's, that was actually a part of the process for us in rehearsal and specifically for the two of you as members of the cast. And mm-hmm. I think while it was so painful, it also felt so necessary. And I think because Lori was so good about actually using that as a way into the play, it allowed us to make discoveries in real time and I think gave a real texture and a and a depth to El Huracan that I think we all felt from, yeah. you know, the, fin- the, the the time that we had the first preview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So in terms of like... I, I, I all I think is we just need more. Mm-hmm. We need more opportunities. How we can make them happen, I still don't know. But it needs. We need to be loud, and we need to muscle some of it to get to get seen. We really, mm-hmm. I do yeah. think that, that like being polite is not going to get us anywhere. Yes, and and being comfortable or grateful to be in the margins of stories is not going to be enough. Mm-hmm. It really is not. That's yeah, right. I agree. I a hundred percent agree with that. You know, I mean, in terms of. And I think this is something that I have I, I question a lot about. It was like Latinidad because it's so vast, yeah. you know. I mean, you know, like it's just. I mean, the experiences are completely different. We come from different, you know, countries. We come, you know, our our Spanish is different. You know, the food we eat, all of it is so the different. Indigenous cultures are different. The indigenous cultures are different. different. Like the way and we, you know, like Afro Latinidad, you know, indigenous in like Latinidad, you know, Euro Latinidad. Like there's so many different things, and then and so I I often I often am like, how do we both unite in order to create you know space for Latinos in the theater and everything else, and at the same time you know, make it specific and nuanced, you know, so that we don't sort of like lose our individuality, individual cultural experiences Mm -hmm. too. And that's something that as an actor, I very much, you know, throughout my career uh, have like dealt with is like, you know, I'm I'm always in a play about it seems like you know a Puerto Rican family or a Mexican family or you know some some ver you know some ver- other Latinidad and I was like where's where's Your my specific. specific Latinidad expressed you know I come from a um you know a pan Latino family um very mixed and and so it it drove me to writing like it, it made me want to write you know my 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 story you know in my solo performance or it makes me want to write other plays or different things so that way you know. Because I believe that, you know, in the, you know, I definitely feel like in the Latinx family, you sometimes, you and your brothers and sisters don't look alike. You know, mm-hmm. you guys got your different skin tones, your different hair, but you all come from the same family, yes. you know? Yeah. And so I think about, like, where are those plays being produced? Where are those play- stories being told? Is that, that like, that multi-ethnic, multiracial Latinx family um, and so I'm always, I'm always like, you know, questioning where can we create opportunity for families that you look like yours or mine and, you know, are multi, you know, um, Latino. Um, yes. And, um, and I think, I think that you're right. It is hard to feel like, the, where is the legacy, the, you know, the Latino legacy on Broadway, um, you know, and it, and it not only be three names, you know, only four names of, you know, a couple performers, a couple playwrights, but where is the, mo- you know, where we, and I, and I think, you know, it's on, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm always working to, to study more and to be like, Same, okay, yeah. where's the history, where's the history of, yes. you know, these writers, but it does, it does, it does feel like, you know, Fornes, 
you know, never got a Broadway play. That's right. right. You know, and this woman was iconic. And she literally changed the course for so many writers that came after her. They studied with her. And they just did Fefu at, at you know, did it for a new audience. Yes. But she still has never had a Broadway show. And many um, people don't know who she is. And people don't yes. know who she is. And it's like this woman literally taught, you know, our titans of the theater. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, she also taught at Yale. And it's like, why, you know, why doesn't she get the playtime that she deserves? That's you right. Know? That's and right. it's, you know, and, and I look at writers that are still living. Luis Alfaro has never been on Broadway. Jose Rivera has never been on Broadway, mm-hmm. you know. And... Midalia Cruz, I don't think, you know, has never been on Broadway. So, I mean, and these are, you know, our heroes in in the community. And we are part of a legacy. We are part of a legacy. That legacy has not reached into Broadway, you know, as, as, you know, as wildly as it it should. Um, I do weirdly feel like we have to, like, teach ourselves our own history. Yes, um, yes. In order to understand how... And to catalyze our own movement, you know, because I feel like nobody's going to, it's like we have to create the movement together in community. And the thing that I I sometimes think about is that are we getting in the way of our own movement? Are we getting in the way of our own liberation? Because we as a community are, are, are not so good about supporting each other. Can we do a better job of supporting each other? Meaning, mm-hmm. let's hold let's hold the critique, let's hold the ways in which our community is not perfect, uh, anti-blackness, our misogyny, oh, the yeah. way in which we don't celebrate um, intersectional spaces, um, the culture of scarcity rather than of abundance. Like these are these feel uh, systemic and they feel like maybe they get in the way of our own progress. How mm-hmm. can we how can we do a better job of being critical lovers of the things that we create? Let's, yeah, let's let's be critical uh, and let's do better as a community. Absolutely. It's not saying that we have to keep patting ourselves on the back, but, or not and, not but, and how can we make space to live in joy, to live in celebration, to lift each other up? And that's why it's so great, like, to have the two of you here to say, like, you know, your success is our success. And the mm-hmm. fact that the both of you are on Broadway is, is meaningful. And how do we celebrate that? Mm-hmm. Um, is just something that I'm thinking about. Same. I don't mm-hmm. have, I don't have any answers. I just know that I, if we are in a state of emergency, yeah. I do think that like there, the only way is forward and we have to figure out to, a way of doing it together, which will mean like not only celebrate each other, but like bringing, bringing our legacy to light to show mm-hmm. that it's, yes. it's, it's vast. I think that's like it's going to be a critical step for all of us. I also think that artists of color have no um, option but to be multi hyphenates because of whatever, whatever yeah. it may be, our own personal obstacles, but truly also societal obstacles. Like there isn't enough out there with you know with, with our stories, so we have to make our stories happen. Yes, mm-hmm. actors have to write, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and we have to produce, and we have to. We have to keep uh, creating opportunities for for others in order for us to even exist. We're writing ourselves into existence. Yes. yes. You know? Mm. Yes. Because nobody's going to do it for us. We're writing ourselves into the canon, you know? And that's so much of what the Soul Project is trying to do is how do we build a body of work that can be a part of the new American theater? Mm -hmm. Because I think to, to the point that you're both making is that where are our stories? 
and and how can we be the architects of building that legacy and i and i love that jeremy does that like that he actually is really clear to say no 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 i am not the unicorn that i truly come on the shoulders of giants yeah. and in my mind when i think about okay who are those you know okay so luis valdez had zoot suit yeah. we had nilo cruz and in the nilo tropics and the tropics we have matthew lopez with the inheritance we have what, miguel pinero and miguel short pinero eyes. with short eyes yeah, and I believe I don't know. Was it on Broadway though? Yes, it was. It was. Oh, okay. yeah, it was. I mean, I know it started at the public theater, and then it Moved went to Broadway. Yeah. Okay. He was. I believe he was the first Puerto Rican writer on Broadway. And then Lin Manuel. And Lin Manuel. Yes, but he's he wrote a musical. Ah, so we're talking. Okay, plays. just plays. Okay, right? got it. So ah, he wrote a musical. Fair, fair, so Lin Manuel Miranda. Yes, they, I would. Be because Kiara too. You know, she wrote the book to you in, know in, in the, the heights, heights and everything. Yes, else. of course. I'm, I'm just thinking of purely about plays because musicals have. There's been you know several other because you can then go into like Avenue Q. Yes, yes. Uh, Robert Lopez. Yes, he wrote Avenue. You know, so like there is that in the musical theater world. There's been a lot of Latino. Not, I wouldn't say a lot. Definitely there's not more, a lot, but there's no, been maybe a, lot, a little bit more. Yeah, more. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no, you know, there was no women writers, and there's no, no female yeah. Latinx writers, right? But I mean, as as you say, like, you know, there's Magdalena Cruz. There's, you know, I, I mean, what's what's so kind of maddening though, also about Fortinez is that you know there's this major revival of Fefu and her friends with Liliana Blaine Cruz as the director, but then I, I think in terms of the critical reception because then critics don't know how to place it in a cultural context right. or don't don't place it in a cultural context then i feel like it it gets in the way of that legacy that we're talking mm-hmm. about it gets in the way of it having life um elsewhere i think and the exercise of not putting it in a cultural context is just not being uh diligent enough in your criticism and that's like that's a whole other like side to things of like why why didn't you put it within a cultural context that should be your job and that it, there is a there it, that there is a criticism to be put into that's right that right so if you if you refuse to do that why did you refuse to do that yes. that's that seems lazy to me yes yes and for yeah absolutely so we have just a couple of minutes left so i want to end with this question who are your mentors who are the people that deeply inspire you and continue to inspire your Actually, two questions. That's the first. And then the second is for our listeners. Um, I imagine, you know, there may be that that artist or that actor, right? That aspiring actor who hopes to come to New York and is listening. And, um, you know, you're both of you are blazing trails, whether you know it or not. You're blazing trails in this moment. And it's so beautiful. What advice might you give to that person who's listening, um, who's, who wants to be an actor and who wants to be on Broadway? I just remembered, sorry, we have to include in the, in the playwrights on Broadway, John Leguizamo. Axie. Yes, John. Latin history for morons. Thank you. And honestly, and, and, freak, and freak and everything else. And sexaholics. And yeah, he yeah. does. I mean, it's. And there are so, I mean, you just. I, it, it reminded me because he's one of my. Whether he knows it or not, he's one of my mentors. Mine too. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because yeah. they're, they're, they're artists that had, that had to create, create their own work yeah. in order to even, you know, um, put themselves into into the world, you know, yeah. into the world of the arts. And he's an actor who is a writer, you know, so he's an actor who wrote it and then performed in it and is his solo show. So I think it's, you know, when we think about playwrights, we sort of separate that, but he's an actor playwright, you That's know? Right, yes. And um, yeah. So I'm really say. inspired by you and what you do, you're doing with the Soul Project. And Absolutely. I'm super inspired by also people like Lori Woolery that yeah. are like consistently making art that is mission-driven, you know, to like hold spaces for all kinds of traumas. She's doing Manahara now, like you know, and 
And I, I just find her her to be such a rich human being because she's so anchored in purpose and for a new artist coming in i always think like if you can make your life be more about a mission then you will always find work you know as opposed to Mm -hmm. waiting for people to give you an opportunity or to give you the permission to do things yes you know like i felt like the earlier the, the the faster i realized oh i don't why am i not getting work oh my type doesn't even exist. <laughs> right. I have to make it exist. That started getting me um, aligned with like-minded people that have similar agendas to try to get more representation. That becomes something way bigger than you. Yes. And it makes you it makes you just see the amount of work that there is ahead. It doesn't make you see the scarcity in the same way. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're not Amen. waiting. With uh, with the remaining time, what's uh, what advice do you do you each have? I would say like you know, reach out. You know, reach out to each other. You know, build community within each other. Like check in with the people you're you're alongside with. You know, if you're a young, you know, queer Latinx artist, I definitely say like for you that there are other queer Latinx artists out there that it is possible and that like to check in with the people you're running alongside with because they sort of are your, you know, your your buddies as you as you keep climbing and getting, you know, out there because you never know like when all of a sudden they're like, hey, you know, I got a reading, I need this, you know, da, 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 da. and all of a sudden you're doing a reading and do readings, you know, read, read other people's plays, read plays that have been produced and written out there and and learn as much as you can about the work that has come before that you feel identify with, whether it be Latino work or queer work is like, you know, learn it and, and check in with your peers, you know, don't be scared to reach out to the community that exists already. You know, you'll find a lot of open arms. Love it. Irene, what about for you? Anchor yourself in, in a mission because you will find the work will reveal itself and, and create community. Yeah. And community is also just, celebrating uh, like and supporting making it an active mission to support other artists mm-hmm. of color going to their readings going to their shows go and that's how you also create community and celebrate each other you, and and I think if we make the mission a lot more important than our petty like differences honestly we might we might just act like an actual like family family mm-hmm. has a million disagreements yeah but you have to forge ahead as yeah. you know as a unit yeah. You know. Yes. I want to like give like my list of mentors. <laughs> I'm just like yeah. all the people. Yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah. so grateful in this moment for a lot of people along the way. Yeah. Who've teachers. Inspired too. teachers. Yeah. Lisa Portes came to see the show. Oh, I saw and we that. Had, yeah. We had yes. a drink afterwards and it was just like, you know, she's somebody that has been in my corner from, from when I was 18 and her and Carlos and, you know, they've, you know, been champions of my work and of this mission for a while and I can't. I can't help but like feel gratitude towards them and all my teachers at Yale and and the theater school and same with like Che Yu and Luis Alfaro who have also championed me and you know when I was in Oedipus mm-hmm. El Rey at uh, Victory Gardens years ago mm-hmm. you know but you know those are people I I definitely admire and I'm grateful for amazing amazing Oh, thank you so much, both of you, for this rich discussion. It's I'm so, so I'm so happy yes. for you both. Love you guys so much. I love you too. And um, so proud of you. Oh, yeah. thank Good. you. Oh my goodness, we're gonna Trail do it. Big things. We're gonna do it. We're making the path together. That's what yeah. I like to say. We truly are. So, thank you so much, listeners, and uh, 
Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us for today's episode. Make sure you follow Soul Project on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On Instagram and Twitter, we are at Soul Project NYC and The Soul Project on Facebook. Our website is www.soulproject.org. Thank you.